This is Corey Saccone with Cores Up, the podcast, our inaugural podcast um, with my good, good buddy, Pat Puzo. We have a very fun episode coming up for you guys. The first one with a special, special guest. Uh, we're going to be uh, recapping the Yankee season 2020, the Brooklyn Nets, and going into Nancy's behind-the-scenes studio analyst broadcast self at Yes Network. Yeah, Nancy Newman. I think uh, we're starting off with a bang here. We're swinging for the fences with this episode one. Nancy Newman, Emmy Award winner at the Yes Network, has been in the broadcast industry, sports broadcast industry, for you know over 25 years. So could not ask for a better start. And just a really fun conversation with, with Nancy. Yeah, she had some good insight and great information. I think there's a lot of people who are going to really enjoy this episode. So without further ado, let's get this thing started. Let's enjoy and welcome in Nancy. Welcome to the first episode of Cores Up, the podcast. This is long anticipated. I cannot wait to get this started with my good friend, Pat Puzo. He will be the producer and editor of this podcast. And out of all the guests we could have on to be the first guest, we have someone so amazing and someone I've known for such a long time, an Emmy Award winner. She's a studio host and broadcaster for the Yankees and for the Nets. Welcome in Nancy Newman. Corey. Hi. Hi, Pat. That's so nice, but I like it. Thank you. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, congratulations. We, I mean, thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm so happy for you guys. Thank We're you. excited to uh, get this going and um, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of hop right into it. We don't want to take up too much of your time, but um, I'll let Pat ask the first question, but yeah, we definitely want to kind of talk about the, uh, the Yankee season, but I, I believe he had one quick question you wanted to get into first well, yeah I, I wanted to kind of set the table a little bit provide some context to the listeners uh you know the whole reason why we have you on and you know why we're even recording right now uh when did you and Corey first meet and you know the kind of you know working relationship you guys had uh you know going back uh, just kind of talk about that a little bit oh it's going back several years now through <laughs> Yankee connections uh he worked for the Yankees for some time and obviously I've been there for a very very long time so mm-hmm. Through Yankee Connections, we connected. We have mutual friends, and he's one of my favorite people on the planet. As are and you, I'm not, mine. That. <laughs> I'm not just saying it. <laughs> no, yeah, she's, she's the so best. Pat, so I appreciate her saying that. It's awesome. And uh, you come highly recommended yourself, Pat. So nice to meet you. <laughs> uh, a, lot, a lot of pressure to live up to. I, I, hope I, uh, I hope I live up to it. I really do. <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for the confidence. Uh, Corey, I guess you want to get started. Um, sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, overall, like obviously a disappointing season for the Yankees for what all of us had anticipated. I think I speak for all of us right now when I say we're, we're we all grew up um, uh, Yankee fans. I mean, me and Pat, you know, we, we talk about it all the time going back to college and, you know, just again, being able to talk to you about it right now is very, very cool. But um, with everything going on in the short season, uh you know, how, how disappointed do you, like, do you think everybody is around the team? I think extremely disappointed, right? Um, it has just been such a crazy year in so many ways, very unpredictable. Obviously, it's not the kind of ending that anyone envisioned or hoped for. 
navigating everyone's way through, that's a victory in itself, although it's no consolation prize. Certainly the Yankees hoped to see themselves in the World Series, and I do believe they have the talent to do so, and I do believe it will happen. Just this year, it didn't fall quite right. But that said, uh, I think this is key for me. I don't know how many decisions, black and white decisions, can actually be made considering the 60-game schedule. For me, a lot is left to be decided. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think with the short season, it, it made things very interesting going forward for, for teams and, and operations on how they're going to handle certain situations. And for a great team like the Yankees, that you know they faced a team in Tampa that – um, a shortened season actually lived up to what they tried to do in their system with the with the relievers coming in and the starting the game in the first inning and uh, the starting pitchers kind of being on short but you know in, in it innings limits and uh, it showed it showed in the regular season versus the Yankees and it showed in the playoffs versus the Yankees and I think we all expected more but um, coming back next year you got to think of guys like Luis Severino who will be there so it'll be a little more exciting to know that we'll have two dominant pitchers right off the bat. Yes it played very well for the Rays this kind of schedule and uh, the shortened season and just the unpredictability, they're so used to it. You know, they've had to adjust to this kind of baseball. And last offseason was so entirely different. Brian Cashman had one thing on his mind, and that's landing that ace, that white whale he talked about. And he did that, right? He got Garrett yes. Cole, and boy, was he as advertised. I'm crazy excited about him. I don't know how any Yankee fan would not be. This guy is the kind of guy you want leading your franchise. No question about it. So will it be so nine years later? You can't think about that stuff. That's the state of the game. But I think for the current day, he's just perfect. And it's nice to see that Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman, they certainly do think alike. They're on the same page most of the time. But this offseason is going to be extremely, extremely different signings of Masahiro Tanaka that's on the table DJ LeMayhew and you know it we saw that Tanaka was tipping his pitches there so that can be fixed I I see that I would hope they're going to bring him back DJ LeMayhew as well I'm one that thinks that not a lot of huge decisions being made you know you hear all that stuff trade Luke Voigt move DJ to first base Graber back to second all that stuff I don't know. Again, I'm going back to how much can you really decide on the 60 games? Does this crew, for the most part, not deserve another shot at it to really see what they can do over 162? No, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm, uh, 60 compared to 162 is a big, big difference, especially in the baseball world. Yeah, it's a, yeah it's a- and I don't know if it's the right thing to just dive in and start cutting up and moving around. I I could be proved wrong, but for me, you know, and you look at next year's class and there's a guy at short that's going to be coming available and that's going to be Trevor Story and he's not going to cost something like a Lindor. So there's a lot to think about and by guys that make a lot more than me or a lot, you know, very (laughs) smart guys, Brian Cashman and company, we'll see what they do. But I'm going to keep going back to, I don't know if I really want to cut it all up just after these 60 games of a regular season. Yeah, you guys already <clears throat> touched on a little bit um, some of the decisions, the big questions heading into to next season, like you said, oh, Nancy. Yeah. Uh, 
Brian Cashman and his staff are going to have a, a lot of decisions that need to be made, you know, in a relatively short time here. Um, you got, you already touched on a little bit, you know, Masiro Tanaka, James Paxton, the pitching staff, some of those questions, and then DJ LeMahieu as well. Um, among the, the question marks, what, what do you think is, is the clearest, the most obvious uh, need that the Yankees really need to prioritize this offseason? Is it bringing DJ LeMahieu back? Is it figuring out, you know, what's going to happen with Gary Sanchez, re-signing Masiro Tanaka? What do you think needs to be on the top of their list in terms of priorities this offseason? I think D.J. LeMahieu securing him, I know he's going to cost a lot, but I really do think that he is a special ball player in the clubhouse as well and on the field. He is extraordinary, as we all saw. I like Luke Voigt. I'd like to keep him. I'd like to keep the status quo, if possible, and the money allows in the infield. I think we can give Glaber one more full season at short to see if he really can do the job. If not, okay, so then we've got uh, an assignment, if you will, the following season. Gary Sanchez, again, are they going to give up on him now when he's worth the least that he's ever been? And again, the 60 games, does, is he not worth at least one more shot at one full season? Jordan Montgomery showed us something. Davey Garcia showed us something. Luis Severino, like you just said, Pat, he's due back probably mid-season next year. So I don't know how much moving around is necessarily necessary. <laughs> what do you guys think? I mean, from, from my standpoint, I, I may look at this differently from the, the typical Yankee fan where it's, you know, go out, spend the money because that's what the team has done in the past. But you look at the Rays who just advanced to the World Series. They had a $28 million payroll. Uh, obviously, the Yankees is about four times that. So rather than just the knee-jerk reaction, let's go out and get Trevor Bauer and add him to the rotation. Maybe they need to get more creative and, you know, utilize the pieces that they have in the farm system and have faith in those guys develop from within, which they've done in the past for sure. Uh, to, to me, I, I think not just having a knee-jerk reaction to, like you guys already alluded to, a 60-game season, very small sample size. It was a weird year for sure. I think, you know, going into next season, bringing back the same pieces, see, see how things play out in a full 162 game season. And then, you know, if you come up short again, maybe make that big decision after next season. That is perfectly said. I'm on point with that. <laughs> what about you for? I, I was going to say, I don't even need to add much to that. I, I think the Yankees need, they, they know their priorities this off season. They know who they need to get and they're going to get it. Um, uh, they did last year with, with the, uh, with the white whale and getting Garrett Cole, they got him, And now it's, you, you got to build off what you have. There were some injuries that took place this year. Every team has that it's a shortened season and guys were inconsistent. Once you figure out that consistency and um, you know, maybe a couple of coaches need to be moved around. You know, I, I'm not really sure how all that works behind the scenes this year. Obviously I have seen that in the past, but um, it seems like a lot of those guys are close and it's a tight knit group and you know, they struggled and there's inconsistencies. And if they get that figured out, <laughs> It, it's hard for me to not see this team be successful next season. And investigating the health issue, guys, and you know they completely reformed their their training staff, their health staff, right? Their, uh, the medical staff is is still, of course, um, consistent. But with that said, there is some sort of transition time. Eric Cressy and company they talk about how at first you're not going to see much change and perhaps continued injury until their method 
takes full effect. We've seen Giancarlo Stanton. He did stay healthy in the postseason, and he was huge. So, again, stay the course. Let's see what happens next season, health-wise, too. And when this system, this Eric Cressy method, is more in effect, too, and they're trusting guys will be able to stay more healthy. Yeah, you, you mentioned the, the health factor for sure. I mean, obviously last season was somewhat maybe an anomaly. We, we did not expect all the injuries, and then the guys that came up and, and you know, re- replacing the, the starters were, were fantastic. This year, you know, they, they weren't as fortunate. Um, having said that, this past October, the team was pretty whole, was pretty healthy, minus you know, Tommy Canley, James Paxson, Luis Severino. But for the most part, the team was complete you know, come October. Where do you think they ultimately came up short? Or was it simply, you know, just the fact that the Rays were a better team equipped for that new condensed playoff format with no days off? You know, hindsight, as they say, obviously 2020, the game two decision making is going to be thought about and talked about all off season long, but it is what it is. And they did what they did and they expected Kevin Cash to turn the lineup over and he didn't. Right. So Mm. Should they have started Hap? Should they have let Davey go deeper? Obviously, when it doesn't work out, you ask questions. And then should they have started Tanaka in game two? But he was tipping his pitches, as it turns out. Would they have won had he started? So it's just a toss-up. I don't believe they they were – obviously, they weren't dominated, you know, and Jordan Montgomery was spectacular. Uh, He really showed us a lot, I believe. Davy Garcia as well. The upside is huge on both those guys. They came up big in a big spot, and that's not nothing. I think that's very informative because, as you know, guys can crumble under the spotlight. They did not. So um, I don't know if you can point at any one thing. What do you guys think? No, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think that it's it's tough to point at one thing individually, obviously, um, Yankee fans speaking game two is going to always be brought up, but then you have to also look at yeah. the other narrative of it. And it, you know, let's say Jay Hab pitches like he did in the regular season, then the analytical department, Aaron Boone, Brian Cashman, they look like geniuses and the Yankee fans are praising them. So yes, it didn't work out. Uh, yes, it was Jay Hap that came in and it wasn't, you know, Jordan Montgomery or, or another lefty. And, you know, it is what it is. He's proven that he hasn't pitched, well, the last two playoffs, and I don't expect him to be on the roster next season. And the Yankees had a disappointing season, and you move on from it. I mean, we can only talk about that stuff so much, and it, it it's terrible to think about, and it's still in a lot of our heads, and it will be for a while. But there's still baseball on. There's uh, a World Series coming up, and right after that, I expect to, uh, to hear just all Yankee talk again, like, like it always happens. <laughs> Yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, Nancy, yeah. I have one more question just to kind of recap, recap the season. Um, you know, factoring in everything, the, you know, the inconsistency, the injuries, um, you know, the, the, the shortened season. Um, what, what grade would you give this Yankee team uh, this year, kind of factoring in everything? That's a tough one, Pat. <laughs> yeah, that was a good question. <laughs> um, uh, I think the days of World Series or bust are no longer – applicable the way that they were back in Mr. Steinbrenner's day, mm-hmm. although certainly that is the mission. And Brian Crashman said it perfectly well, I believe, when he said, you know, is the season a failure? No. So I don't know how accurate a grade, again, you can give after mm-hmm. a 60-game schedule. 
uh, over uh, 162, you know, you get a game short of advancing to the ALCS. That's pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it what the Yankees hoped for? No. So, ah, yeah, uh, agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know if I'm going to dole out an actual grade, <laughs> but I think it. <laughs> but they certainly did well. It was it was a very good season. It was short of expectations, yes, but it was it a failure? Absolutely not. Disappointing for sure. Mm-hmm. We'll get we'll give it an E for exempt for now until 2021. Okay. How about that? Excellent. <laughs> yes. Uh, e for excellent. Um, Good job. Or excellent. Yeah. All right. So we. I, yeah. I mean, I know you're. I know you're not the GM of the team, or you're not in the analytical department. So I don't want to, uh, you know, keep asking you too much about all that stuff. So let's let's go into your territory a little bit more, and uh, we'll move over quickly to the Nets, and then we'll get into kind of uh, operations at Yes Network. So um, real quick with the Nets, obviously, same thing, different type of season. When especially once they entered the bubble, I don't think anybody was expecting the Nets to make the playoffs this year, and uh, they surprised a lot of people. Whether short-lived or not, they they lived up to their own potential in that locker room. And uh, you know, going into 2021. They have KD and Kyrie on their roster. Um, from your standpoint, what do you think the expectations are for the Nets uh, going into next season? The highest I can remember since the Jason Kidd days. You know, in those early 2000s, wow, we yeah. had terrific seasons. They were exciting. Richard Jefferson and everybody. It was just, Vince, just Vince Carter, great. Richard Jefferson, and Jason Kidd. Oh, I'll never forget yeah. those three. <laughs> Kerry no Kittles, kidding, too. right? Vince is yeah. Yeah, I love Carrie Kittles. <laughs> love me some Carrie Kittles. <laughs> uh, I just, uh, you know, I always have. I, yeah, he was an assistant for a while, too. He, so he was around and just an excellent human being. I really liked him a lot. I enjoyed him. Yeah. Vince Carter is my all-time favorite. He's just, oh, my gosh, right? Uh, he, oh, wow, I just love that guy. He's just so just fantastic in every way, on and off the court. He just did so much for the game, I believe. So, those days were amazing, and we used to broadcast uh, out of New Jersey. Then we actually did our pre and post on the road at the arena. We didn't do it in studio for the Nets. Oh, wow. We did, of course, for the Yankees, but uh, for the Nets, we were out there. So that was fun. That was just a different era. It was so so long ago. But this year, wow, Sean Marks is just a top-notch individual. He is uh, somebody that started a sort of seminar, I will call it, that before the broadcast season begins, he would have us come in and we would sit down uh, and we would talk about the roster, talk about broadcast expectations, so that we, yes, the broadcast partner and the team were on the same page and one team, if you will. So you have to respect that. That's yeah, certainly smart. Very smart. <laughs> yeah, very smart, right? And I know Steve Nash pretty well. He, I hosted a few of his events back in the day. <laughs> uh, I remember when the All-Star Game was in Las Vegas. I hosted an event for him uh, for his foundation, and I'm excited to have him aboard. And, you know, I know it's a shocker, but he is such a unique individual and the fact that KD and Kyrie respect and endorse him, that is good. Yeah, Your that shows guys. a lot. 
No, absolutely. That's that's yeah. a lot about the whole system that's going to be going taking place in Brooklyn too. I, there's so many coaches they could have chose from, and I thought they were going to go in a different direction. I, I really wasn't expecting to uh, see Steve Nash, but when you bring in a guy of that caliber, he's talented in so many different areas, on and off the court. And then to have, like you said, to have Kyrie, uh, Kyrie and KD uh, endorse him, bring him in. And I know I keep uh, saying those two, but they they have a lot of role players over there. And then you also have DeAndre Jordan, who you know I think the league looks at as a pretty good star as well. So the team seems like it's going to be pretty fun and pretty highly anticipated in Brooklyn next year. Um, granted, there's not a bubble. Uh, but yeah, Pat, if you want to talk about the Nets, go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, we already kind of touched on a little bit. Steve Nash, kind of the impact he's going to have, maybe not so much, you know, as a coach, but as a as a person, as a as a, as a former player, the knowledge he can, you know, share with everyone, and you know, his basketball IQ, I think, is you can't even measure uh, what he's going to bring to the table in right, terms of that. Right. Um, but yeah, just the bubble uh, in general, obviously there were, weren't many expectations heading into it with, you know, the guys opting out, uh, the injuries, they, they were not a whole team by any means, but they surprised, I think it's fair to say, the entire basketball world, the way they competed, the way they played. How beneficial was it for them to, you know, go down to Orlando, get that experience together, guys like Karis LeVert, you know, becoming a potential, you know, number three uh, caliber type player. How beneficial was it for them to get that experience down in Orlando? Oh, tremendous, tremendous. And they represented themselves well. And Jacques Vaughn has agreed to stay on staff with Steve Nash, which I think is tremendous as well. And I think job number one for them, if they're going to be thinking about something like that, I think it's securing Joe Harris. I think Mm -hmm. they... They believe in him. He is a leader. He's going to cost some money, of course, but KD and Kyrie do endorse his presence as well. So chemistry is going to be really key, I think. And the success that the guys had without the big two-name guys is going to build confidence and is going to make them feel more solid, I believe, and maybe more unified with KD and Kyrie coming in, they'll have a more, more of a sense of self, you know, a more a sense of who they each are. Okay. And now we're going to incorporate our leaders. So I thought, think it was huge. I think it was a huge, huge thing. Yeah, absolutely. I actually kind of blanked on Joe Harris there. Yeah. He, I mean, like, you don't get a bigger piece, uh, especially a three point shooter guy that could drive, play defense. I mean, uh, coming out of Virginia, I, I, I love that kid. I hope he returns to Brooklyn. I don't know how much it's going to cost, but like you said, uh, KD and Kyrie endorse him as well. And if they can add him to the to that puzzle, it's just only going to get better for them. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's 24, so there's a lot ahead for Joe Harris. <laughs> Still a baby. Yeah, he's still a baby. Still a baby. We expect a lot to happen there next year, especially with Steve Nash being his coach. Now, I can see those two working uh, real well together. Um, And whatever, whatever other moves it makes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Going to be bitter though, so that's kind of a worry. You know, I've I've heard the Bucks, Knicks, Hawks, Heat, all these other teams. Of course, they're going to be interested. He's he's a worthy free agent. So uh, hopefully, he's a net moving forward. Absolutely, I agree. All right, so let's uh, let's fast forward here to Yes Network. I think when we first talked 
a couple months or well, I should say a few months ago, um, there was only one or two people, maybe three people going into the studio. It was very limited. Obviously, as the summer has uh, you know progressed on into the fall, more and more people, I would assume, were in the studio. What has that overall process just been like dealing with the p- pandemic in studio, doing what you have to do to still go to work, to still put out information to the fans. Just tell, tell us about that overall process going along this, this whole seven, eight month process. It was all about team. Those first few months, we did not go into the office at all. We just worked remotely. We did a lot of those Zoom interviews and our Yes, We're Here campaign. I'm sure you guys have seen that. They're on YouTube all over the place. And mm-hmm. Our digital team came up large. That was really successful considering, you know, we wanted to just be there for the fans. We wanted to have a Yankee presence and let everyone know we're still here. Thus, yes, we're here. So (laughs) then once the season, yeah, once the season was announced and things got going, the, uh, you know, our, our human resources team and, and what have you got everything together. There was a skeleton staff. They split the control rooms, which was very interesting. Both were in use at once and half of the people were in one, the other half in the other. Our lead producer was downstairs in his office. It was all laid out for him. It was uh, outfitted for him down there. And, um, it was just uh, sort of, um, how can I put it? Um, we, we had a plan. We had a plan. And there was the sanitizers and all that stuff. So, and the masks and everything. Sure. And stay in your office and all the rules that apply wherever you go. So um, I'm really super proud of our Yes Network family. Really proud of our Yankee family. Yeah, yeah no, that, that's awesome. Uh, Nancy, as yeah. someone who has you know been in the sports broadcasting industry for not not to <laughs> make you seem older than you are, but as long as you know Corey and I have been alive, I mean you've been you've been doing this for you know a very long time now, and you've been very successful. How can can you can you compare you know the pandemic and how it changed everything so much? Can you compare that period to anything you know in your professional career? Just how much things changed for you. No, I don't think so. Thinking back to the early days, uh, 20 years ago, 25, at the very beginning, no, it was a a different world. Things were a lot more casual. You were more able to go up to guys and discuss things and ask questions. Here, there are so many more layers to every little thing. Understandably, things are more official, things are more formal but and nothing like the pandemic no 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 uh, nothing even close and in my early years at yes we did uh, football shows i used to travel with the jets we had a football crew we had two football shows this week in football and new york football sunday um, that one was live and um you know uh herm edwards used to come on with me post game every single sunday which was extraordinarily cool he's a tremendous human being so um no i right to that point nothing how about you guys uh i mean you guys are what 25 so (laughs) i mean in your lives have you had anything compare to compare to what we've been going through this last six months or so 
Well, I appreciate you cutting three years off of both of us. That's that's for sure. Oh, all right, uh, okay. <laughs> I'll I'll take that compliment. But no, I mean honestly, uh, I, you know, you can't. I don't know if you're going to call it a pandemic or not. But the biggest event that I could remember that you know took people out of place for a little while was you know 9/11. That's the one thing that will always come to my my mind. Um, I don't think you know obviously the swine flu back when I was in high school. I think, but you know nothing that. I can remember that shut down the country and just ruined people's careers and lives as much as this has. Um, but yeah, you know, still just trying to fight through it and, and get through this whole pandemic. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, yeah. Nine I'm 11 was, was, yeah. Nine 11 was an event and it was horrific. The most horrific experience uh, I'm sure we've all been through, yeah. but it was, it, it didn't go on for this long. It's, no, it's, no, it's very different. All. I don't know. Can we compare it? I mean, in terms of impact, sure. Uh, but a, a very different experience. Very yeah. different experience. Yeah. Do absolutely. you guys actually remember that? Uh, oh, yeah. No, <laughs> I, I, pretty young. I was. Yeah, yeah I was in uh, fourth grade, I believe. Yeah, fourth grade. And um, I got pulled out of school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had no idea, obviously, anything that was going on. I saw teachers crying. Um, you know, I saw a lot of kids getting pulled out of school. And then, you know, I got brought home and, you know, saw everything on the news. And again, I was still, like you said, I was still young. So I didn't really understand everything right away. It definitely took a few days to kind of fully, you know, realize what was going on in this country and what had just happened to us. Um, and, you know, I, I, to be honest, I got it tattooed on my back. I have the towers tattoo there. It just, once I really realized what was going on, I became a lot more patriotic. I became uh, more aware of what was going on in the world around me. I was still young, but now as I've gotten older, I've really, really paid attention to it. So yeah, it definitely has had a long lasting and probably forever changing impact on on my life. That's for sure. What about you, Pat? Yeah, completely the same. Um, I mean, I I immediately thought back to 9-11 just in terms of, you know, how it affected the country and in this case the world as well um and obviously the, the, the obvious sports kind of shutting down and you know things just changing so you know fluently and everything being so minute to minute uh, th- th- that's really w- what i can compare it to the most um and you know in Corey's case as well just you know how it affected me even though it was 20 years ago i i'm i guess much more aware now of what's going on and understanding of w- w- what's going on but certainly uh, I, I felt the impacts back then the same way as uh, I'm doing now. Uh, unlike him, I did not get a tattoo on my back. So <laughs> th- th- this body is still clean. But, uh, I, I do certainly re- re- remember, you know, that day, just like I'm sure we'll all remember 2020. Yeah. And to relate that to, to baseball as well, I mean, and then we'll get back to Yes Network, but um, I still get chills watching the video of George Bush throwing out the first oh, pitch yeah. at Yankee Stadium in the World Series. I mean, you know, obviously the Yankees lost that World Series, which was brutal enough, but uh, that moment especially when he was talking to Jeter, um, you know, in the dugout beforehand, and he was nervous and he just wanted to reach home plate, uh, that just the USA chance and the the cheer from the Yankee stadium crowd that that's always going to live with me as well. Not, you know, not that it changed anything that happened that certain day on nine 11, but um, I think the country started to really come together after that. And um, yeah, it was just a, it was a good baseball moment at that time. 
Yeah, I don't like to see Luis Gonzalez. <laughs> I don't no. wish him any yeah. <laughs> so All the best, but no thank you. I, don't, I see him and I think, no, no, oh, I just can't. I, I just can't. <laughs> I, I just have to look the other way. I know, it's brutal. <laughs> but it's true. When, when W threw out that first pitch, it, it was a moment. It was a moment, yeah. Yeah, it really was. But, yeah, so um, going back to Yes Network, um, basically – one of my favorite pregame shows has always been batting practice uh, with one year with David Cohn, Jack Curry. It's just so much fun for me to watch this year. Obviously things are different. The shortened season, um, no fans at any Yankee home games or pretty much any road games, I believe. Uh, what, what was different? What was the, like, was it hard to get motivated for batting practice uh, pregame show or was everything the same because your crew is so amazing and you guys were able to stick, stick together and, and still get through? I would say both, you know, the crew is amazing. And of course we're professional at all times. I just, again, I'm so incredibly proud of my Yes Network family. We really are a great group of people that really like each other and it, and it works. And most of us have been together for almost 20 years, right? So yeah. there's a, a lot of that. It's very much family, you know. Um, uh, but I, I was really happy, not happy, but I was uh, validated, I would say, when I asked Buck Showalter, I really believe that the lack of fans affected the Yankees' play. I know they had a terrific record at home, but he just came up with the perfect word. You know how they struggled on defense at times. And mm-hmm. he sa- I said, you know, Buck, I really just feel that it, it affected them. No crowd affected maybe some focus. And he said, yes, he agreed with me. And it affected accountability. So maybe with fans yes. in the stands, because, you know, the Yankee crowd is like no other. <laughs> they can list the team, you know. So... I believe that that's how it, this whole situation mostly impacted the Yankees. I believe, and they'll tell you, that the Yankees missed the fans. Oh, absolutely. It's hard for me to think that the Yankees would have lost to the Rays in the playoffs if there were fans 100%. at Yankee Stadium. That's what I think. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, and then that's yes, and then Buck Buck hit it. Buck hit it right on the head with with accountability. It, everybody did um, have to kind of be accounted for themselves with certain errors and uh, lack of focus, as we've talked about. Um, I think that will change going into next year, whether it's limited fans and, you know, with capacity or not. Um, I think everybody now knows could kind of pay attention a little bit more on the, on the game and not looking at the cardboard cutouts and the stands. Yeah, I, 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 for one, cannot envision you know, a complete 162-game schedule without fans next season. Um, so, you know, we obviously there's still so much uncertainty, but I, I think baseball is going to try to do everything in their power to ensure that there's at least some crowd in the stadiums next season, whether, you know, if they have to push the season back a little bit uh, you know, to ensure that, I'm not sure. But certainly, I, for one, cannot see a situation where we open up Yankee stadium opening day next year and the building's empty. I, I just, I, I can't see it. And I, I'm, I'm, you know, you guys might be on the same boat, but for one, I can't envision it. Oh yeah. No, there has to be a partial crowd at, at the very least. It's, it, it's working just fine. You know, watching the NLCS, right. Mm-hmm. That's working mm-hmm. just fine. So, and in yeah. football stadiums, we've seen that as well. So I think at the very least, it'll start with a partial crowd. Hopefully by then, 
we'll have well, we'll have some more answers yeah hopefully, hopefully. um yeah. Yeah. As so, with, with more fans watching, our, our or who knows if there's more or not, but with fans now only being able to watch and not being able to go to the games, did you guys notice a boost in viewership at all for Yes Network, or was that not something that was really mentioned or talked about too too much? No, the, that's true. That did play out. The ratings were extremely extremely high. Perfect. So that part did play out. They projected so, and that's exactly what happened. Awesome. That's, that's great to hear. I, yep. I figured it would, and um, I know there's a lot of people that didn't have Yes Network that jumped on board because there, there just really wasn't that much to do at the beginning of this mm-hmm. whole thing. And, and um, I got so into Yes not that I never was, but I was just so into all the segments and all the interviews, especially when you guys were interviewing Reggie and Ken Singleton and, and the, uh, you know, the Yes We're Here um, segment for me. It was just so fun to watch and, and had a lot to do with this podcast, I think. Um, and so, yeah, uh, it was just really, really good to see all the content that's been going out. Um, everybody just kind of had to change what they've done before and get creative. And, and a lot has, a lot of good has come out of the, uh, the bad that's hit us. That's for sure. Yes, that's how it goes. So tell fans your vision for this podcast. Uh, yeah. So for, for me, I mean, I, I just, I love being able to, uh, you know, talk to public figures per se. Um, I love that I have really good connections and, and I don't take that for granted. I've done a lot of fun stuff in my life from the movie industry to the Yankees, to the Buccaneers and so on and so forth. And, you know, Pat can relate to that as well. He's done a lot and, we have people that we can interview and, and based off of that, more and more people will come along. And, um, you know, we don't want to always ask the same questions that they, uh, you know, people get interviewed um, with, with others. I know you've been on other podcasts and you've been interviewed this, this past off season and I've listened to them and I've tried to change the questions and that's kind of what we want to do. We want to just get into the minds of our guests and, and have some fun with it and, and just make a fun podcast for people to listen to. And if they don't, I, I enjoy doing what I do. <laughs> and you guys uh, go way back. You should probably tell fans that too. Yeah, yeah. We, we started off as uh, roommates um, freshman year in college. And uh, I ended up having to move to a different dorm building because of a job I had on campus. I had to go to like the athletes dorm to go work for the basketball team. But we still stayed close and and started the radio show and the baseball broadcasting and and here we are doing our first podcast together i was on pat's uh podcast with his buddies a few months ago um but this is my first one and i'm happy that you and pat are both here and i hope that people can envision more guests coming up of your caliber and beyond and and it'll just be super fun Thanks, you guys. I'm so happy for you. I'm so proud of you. And you are living proof that a lot of good comes out of some bad circumstances. Look at this. So I'm wishing you nothing but huge success and count me as a supporter. Absolutely. And if uh, we ever have the opportunity, we'll, we'll definitely get you on again once we get some kind of audience and, and uh, build some kind of fan base here for them to enjoy. And, and I have the mastermind Pat working behind the scenes. So I know we'll make it look good and we'll make it sound good. And, and hopefully we take off from there. Excellent. You guys, thank you so much for today. It was great. Good job. Great. Yeah, job. 
Yes, thank you for being our first guest too. It's very much appreciated and uh, I know everybody will enjoy that. Hey, being a first guest is a privilege. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again. And uh, hopefully I see you soon. Stay safe and we will definitely keep in touch. Thanks guys, same. Thanks Nancy, Uh, thank you Nancy. (laughs) 